Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I'm really excited to be speaking with Bradley Callow. Bradley is revolutionizing the way affluent families teach and learn passion, performance, and perseverance. And this is going to be a little bit different interview than what we've done before, but I think it's going to be really, really powerful because uh, for for all of us who run businesses, one of the the big casualties sometimes is our family relationships, and that is really Bradley's specialty. Um, he he came from an affluent family and went through some really difficult times, and I'll let him give you kind of the background of that, um, and and learned a great deal through that, and has created a program called Rich Legacy to uh, to help families. Uh, and and help parents and children in particular communicate better with one another. So Bradley, I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I the, I personally, as I told you in the the, the pre interview, I'm personally really interested in this because we've got four kids, and so I'm hoping I'm going to learn something here. Uh, but uh, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Awesome, thanks for having me, Steve. And and I, and I loved your choice of language there, right? That the the family can be a casualty. Of, of success in the world of business and especially as an entrepreneur where you're constantly having to sacrifice and and I think this notion of work-life balance is laughable you show me anyone that has a perfect work-life balance and you know, <laughs> it just doesn't exist we call it work-life integration right how do you get very intentional about the time you do spend and, and thankfully the actual data shows that it's not about the quantity of time that you spend with your family it's actually about the quality of time yeah, and and I'm in complete agreement. I don't think there is any such thing as as balance. Um, and for people running a business, integration is a perfect word uh, because you really do have to integrate both sides of your life. I mean, you are totally intertwined in the business, and and obviously totally intertwined in family. So uh, I, I think we're going to learn a lot today. So just to give everybody some context, um, what is it that that got you to this point and focusing on this as a topic? Well, I was a perfect angel that came from a perfect family and had nothing but, uh, you know, a 4.0 and all the awards and accolades that any parent and child could ask for. In reality, that wasn't that wasn't my story. Uh, my story was what's much darker than that. Uh, despite coming from a really good family, as you said, I even, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She used to be a special ed teacher, you know, an educator. So, you know, these are these are parents that are intentional in what they were doing with their family. And still, despite that, Steve, I started using drugs at 11 years old. Wow. You know, not 12, not 13, not 14, certainly not 17, 18, 19. I was 11 years old. And I always have people say to me, what do you mean your parents didn't know you were on drugs at 11 years old? And my simple response to that is, when was the last time you looked 11-year-old in the eye and said, you know, their eyes are a little red. I bet they're on drugs. It doesn't happen, right? Because the constant mentality is not my kid. I've heard that a thousand times. No one wants to believe, my parents included, that their kid's struggling or would do something like this. And so for me, I started using drugs at 11, and I'm an entrepreneur, Steve, with every fiber of my being. And I didn't really know what entrepreneurship was, despite my dad being being one, I didn't, I didn't understand and appreciate it. And I, I started having these ideas about how I could make money off this, or if I sold this to my friends or this. And, you know, the first business I ever had was selling drugs. You know, that was my first entrepreneurial pursuit. And so through my own drug use 
and the selling of drugs. Despite that, I, I kept up pretty good appearances. Uh, I managed to make my way through high school, get decent enough grades to get into a college, went to University of South Carolina. Uh, but then within a month of turning 18 and being in college, I was arrested for felony distribution. Uh, they, they caught me selling marijuana and uh, enough so that, you know, I was, I was then a felon from, uh, from that point on in my life, not the way you want to, want to, want to enter into the world of work uh, and certainly not what my parents would have ever hoped or wanted for me. Uh, and so as a result of that, I, I, I thankfully was given another chance and was only suspended from school and, and went back with something to prove and, and did well for a little while, but then ultimately fell back into old behaviors. And um, by the time I was 26 and out of college and uh, explored entrepreneurship quite a bit, uh, as well as software sales, digital media sales, and had a lot of success, I still didn't think I was good enough. I always felt like I was less than, and no matter what I could do in my life, I just wasn't good enough. I felt empty. I felt, I felt this burning hole inside of me, which you know, in some ways motivates me still, you know, I've, I've closed that hole tremendously, but there's still a bit of that that motivates me. And a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to and work with share that same sort of feeling of, of I'm not good enough and I'm going to prove that I am. Well, that voice for me came from my father, who, like I said, was an entrepreneur, a very analytical man, uh, a very much left brain in his way of showing me love Again, showing me love. This was with positive intent that he was doing these things. He was always looking to show me the right way to do things. Right? There was always a better, smarter, more sophisticated, effective, efficient way to get things done. So I like to use the example when I was five years old. I'm washing the dishes and I'm just thrilled. I'm excited. You know, I'm on my little stool, this little brown hair, blue eyed boy, you know, smiling ear to ear, bubbles flying everywhere. And dad comes in, tall, skinny, focused, serious look on his face. And he says, he says, son, that's awesome. That's really cool what you're doing. But I got to tell you, it's the friction of the brush that gets the food off the plate. So you running the water on full blast and using hot water is just a waste of money, electricity and energy. Well, to a five-year-old, you can just imagine this little brown-haired, blue-eyed boy just falling under the weight of himself. And that was a continuing pattern. And despite my dad showing up in lots of meaningful ways in my life and you know, still to this day is my hero, some of those little things that he did or that my mom did or the, the community that I grew up in, it ultimately led me in the wrong direction. It didn't set me up for success. It set me up for a, a life of torture and self-torture more often than not. You know, I was responsible for so many of my own, so much of my own pain and discomfort and hardship. Uh, and by the time I turned 26, I found myself on my knees uh, with a 1911 45 caliber handgun pressed to the side of my temple. And sometimes this is easier to talk about than others. And I, I still to this day don't know why I didn't pull the trigger. I'd like to think it's, you know, you think of the token saying of, oh, I was meant for bigger things. And, oh, you know, uh, God and the universe had a plan for me. But I really, I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't know. I'm grateful that I didn't. And when I hear that the adolescent suicide rate has quadrupled since 1950, quadrupled, 
and the greatest increases are coming in the affluent demographic, I really started to pay attention. And so I became a student of what it is that are, uh, are happening in these families that are leading all these kids to not be able to deal with uncomfortable emotions. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. I'm not trying to eliminate pain from people's experience because pain exists everywhere. And I'm such a firm believer and just looking, looking at the title of your podcast, I'm such a believer that the greatest hardship, discomfort, failures is what gives us our grit, what gives us our edge, what gives us you know, growth and excitement in life. So I'm not trying to remove everyone's pain. I'm just trying to teach them a better way to deal with it. And how do you take that pain and make it an opportunity versus an end-all to be-all? I think, you know... First of all, thank you for sharing the story. Um, and uh, it takes courage to share a story. Um, and I think the the pain that, that we all experience at whatever stage in our life, whether it's it's great pain or, or you know, small pain, I think it's actually a, a, a really great teacher. Absolutely. And it's, but it's hard to see that sometimes. I, you know, I'm, I'm 46. Um, soon to be 47 years old. It's taken me 40 plus years to really understand that and understand what, and it took going through some, some challenging things, not nearly what you've been through, but some challenging things to understand the role that that plays. And it's at a young age, it's something you want to run from. Now I look at it and go, okay, this is preparing me for something. I, I, what There's something here that I need to learn that, mm. I'm either exhibiting a behavior that isn't in alignment with what I'm trying to do, or I'm getting prepared for something to come. And either way, I better pay attention. Uh, but I, I didn't always approach it that way. And um, and I think, particularly for children, that it's you know, pain something you want to run away from, right? Mm -hmm. It takes time and firsthand experience. You know, over time, you build up that resilience and that grit. Right. You, you start to look at problems and challenges differently. And you're saying, you know, it took you decades to really solidify and own own this. And one of the patterns that's become so clear and ever present in the, the high performing families that I work with all over the world is that they tend to shelter their children. You know, you've heard the concept, I'm sure, of helicopter parents. Well, I just wrote an article. I haven't put it out yet on bubble parenting which we've gone even farther. Now it's instead of just hovering over the kids and trying to protect them, let's literally insulate them from having to experience discomfort because that'll allow them to get into college. That'll allow them to get good grades. That'll allow them to you know, be successful and happy. If I protect them, that's what will allow them to, to experience those things. But you and I know that's not reality. In fact, it's the opposite. It's the gritty kids it's the gritty human beings, it's the resilient and persistent ones that are successful and happy, that find that purpose and that passion, that perseverance in life. And so the kids are being denied that opportunity to learn through hardship and discomfort while they're still under the wing of the parents. And then they go off to college and, and they just implode. They don't know what to do with themselves. I'm going to start a business just on doing laundry for college freshmen and retire <laughs> next year. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And the intention is good. I mean, the look at the, the media, you, you have to be terrified to let your kid out of the 
out of the house without, you know, knee pads, shin guards, a helmet, and a reflective vest just to walk to the bus because it looks like the world is, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But the reality is, is if those kids aren't given that opportunity to learn that grit and resilience now, the likelihood they're going to learn it later or be able to manage those difficult emotions is very unlikely. Yeah, and I think what happens, um, and you know, I said at the beginning, we've got four kids, so we've seen lots of parents and parenting styles, and we're certainly not necessarily the the, the best at it. It's any parent will tell you. Uh, it's always a work in progress and, uh, some, some days it's a better work than others. Um, but having seen a lot of different parenting styles, the one thing that I've observed is that the kids who kind of go through that protective experience from their parents, they kind of get robbed of accomplishment mm. because they're protected from everything. They don't, they don't get to fall down and pick themselves back up again. And Oftentimes that's masked by the fact that academically they're achieving, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're given the right tutors and they're going through all this, but they never really get the chance to try something and not be good at it. Um, And, uh, and it's interesting to watch that. Um, And I, you know, I knock on what I hope we haven't done that to our kids. Time will tell, right. If we've, if we've messed them up, I think all parents kind of mess their kids up to one degree or another because none of us, you know, there's no license and there's no training to become a parent. It just happens. We all know how it happens. It happens. And, and there you go. And you've got kids. Um, so you're working with families now. You've had this experience, but now you're working with families to help kind of get things to a place where, you know, parents and kids are communicating and um, talk a little bit about why you want to do that and, and what some of the, the, the challenges are in, in working with these families? Sure. So in terms of, of why, for me, it ties back to my my own story and my own journey, right? Is I, I see an opportunity to create some real change here in, in generations to come. If we can really zero in and dial this, dial in this approach to uh, empowering kids and empowering families. And you, you picked up something uh, earlier talking about my my use of language related to business I do a lot of that not just because the people I work with tend to be executives and entrepreneurs but because the parallels are unbelievable you know you you, you tell a, um, a spouse or your kids that you know that you you do things similar to the way you do in in business and you'll probably get kicked in the shin real hard but the reality is is that it's a really good thing because it's harder than ever to be a parent or a child, harder than ever. The internet in all its glory has made things very difficult because that gap in understanding that is age old for parent and child is so dramatically wide right now because if you grew up 30 or 40 years ago, that experience as a child is no longer relatable to an experience of a child today. It's just not. And and so like for example, we have uh, parents all the time, they'll say, you know, my kid came home and, and they said they didn't get enough likes on their Instagram post. And I said, okay, big deal. Like get over it. That's the most important thing that happened to that child that day. Most important thing. I mean, that would be the equivalent in, in your day of someone walking up to you and being like, I don't want to be friends anymore. And this was your best friend yesterday. 
Right? So to, to be able to put yourself in that position is very difficult because I personally, I don't have a family yet. I have a wife. We're, we're looking to start a family in the next six months or so. But as of right now, I don't have kids. And at first, you know, people would say, oh, I'm not listening to anything you have to say about parenting or family or any of this stuff because you're not a parent. And I said, fine, don't listen to me. But what I serve is, is that that is that bridge in that widening gap of understanding that I can connect with a kid and understand that kid. And I can also connect with a parent and understand that parent, not on that same level, because I haven't had that personal experience. But now after working with thousands of families, I got a pretty good idea. But because I, as a at my age, I'm now 32, I grew up with with technology and without it, right, with with the Internet and without it. And so I can bridge that gap. And what I'm finding is in order to bridge that gap, you have to be very intentional and focused. And it's not going to happen by accident. Because if I sit here and ask you, you know, Steve, what are your goals for your business for the next five years, three years, one year, next quarter? You'll be like, hold on, hold on, Bradley, how much time do you have? Right. Let me let me tell you my BHAG, my big, hairy, audacious goal. Let me ta- tell you my more reasonable goals. Let me tell you, you know, uh, my mission statement, my value statement, you name it, how we run meetings, how we do budgeting. Here are the things I want to teach my employees to allow them to be better at what they do. And then I'll, I'll ask you simultaneously, well, what's the most important thing in your life? Oh, it's easy, my family. Okay, well, what, what, are, what are your family values? What is your family mission statement? What are your goals for the next five years? How can we look at the parallels of business and family and start getting really intentional and focused just like we are with our businesses, with our families? Because empowering these kids to be successful and happy, which is what virtually every parent wants, in this day and age is no longer going to happen by accident. You don't have that tribe. You don't have that community of people raising kids like you used to. And so if you're not getting really intentional and focused, you know, you're putting a lot at risk and taking a huge chance on something that is the most important thing in your life. And so my job is to open the eyes, hearts and minds of those families so they can start getting really intentional about those things. That's fantastic. We're going to be back in just a moment with more from Bradley. And, uh, and I want to unpack this idea of intentionality. So we'll be right back. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute. But what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review. Rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back to the Unstoppable CEO podcast. This is Steve Gordon and I'm talking with Bradley Callow. And and Bradley, before we took the break, you used a a word, one of my favorite words. um, And the word is intentionality. And um, and, and you said, you know, we're so intentional in our businesses, we need to take some of that and bring it home and be intentional with how we're, we're cultivating our, our family relationships. How, how do you coach people to create that intentionality? Because, I mean, it's so easy to sit back and think, well, it's just my family. It's my kids. It's my wife. You know, we hang out together. You know, we, we live, you know, in this, this house together. But to 
to, in, you know, to insert intentionality, you, you almost have to take it to another level of consciousness of what you're doing. So how do you get people kind of to look at that? It's, it's almost like a, your family's like, it's like for a fish swimming in water. It's the water sometimes, right? It, well, it's, a, it's more of a given, right? right? The things that are a given in our life, we tend to take for granted. As sad as that is, breathing, right? We, we take that for granted all the time, but it's pretty, pretty damn important. You know, same with our family. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people that, that come to work with us are on the verge of divorce or maybe just, you know, recently remarried and want to be more intentional this time around or with a combination of a new family um, or their, you know, their, their kid was just suspended. Right. Or their kid got into trouble at school or whatever, whatever it may be. There's some sort of pain that that motivates. Right. And inspires them to take action just like most areas of our life. But unfortunately, when it's something is a given, it might take even more of a pain and a discomfort to motivate people. You know, I, 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 I so often hear people say, oh, my kids are too young for this, or, you know, things aren't really that bad. If I can communicate anything, it's the whole ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure. Because the older the kids get, the more challenging it gets to change some of these behaviors and, and sort of trajectory. Right. Those those patterns and behaviors become more solidified. And so sort of the sweet spot for us is that eight to 13 range. And so we do father son retreats. Uh, we're doing our first father daughter retreat this summer. Um, we also do private family retreats and private family coaching, which is for the whole family. But, you know, our, our focus on that eight to, to 13 for the father son retreats, we'll do an eight to 10 and then 11 to 13 and segment those out, you know, just 10 fathers and sons each. And the magic that happens in those small intentional environments is unbelievable, right? Because again, it's about the quality of time, not the quantity of time. And so thankfully for a retreat type model like that, that's built in with a lot of fun, you know, we go to Park City, Utah, and you're doing whitewater rafting and hot air balloon rides and downhill ski jump into Olympic sized pool in the middle of the summer. You know, those things are exciting and attractive enough that the secondary elements that we built in that are experiential to help be more intentional and focused and have a plan are okay. Well, it's like, I don't even care about that. I want to go have fun with my son, but then they get those other benefits. So then mm -hmm. it doesn't require that same amount of pain to motivate them. And we're able to plant those seeds, which has been huge, huge for us. Yeah, I, and I think anytime you can create that interaction, uh, between a, a parent and, and a child, it, it's valuable. It's hard to do. Um, you know, I, we've got four of them and, and it's really hard to do with each kid individually, um, given their schedules. I mean, I, I don't know a child, I mean, amongst our friend group anyway, um, you talk about, you know, coming from an affluent background. And I think most everybody listening to this is probably in that situation where, you know, kids in that demographic are scheduled like like we're scheduled. It's like we did to them what, you know, what we're living right now. And Absolutely. so to create that, you know, those experiences together, it's really, really difficult. Um, and uh, and so I, that it's fantastic that you're doing that. So what what can somebody expect if they come to your website? Uh, first, tell them where to go to get to the website. But if they come to the website and they're looking for information, what can they expect when they get there and and where should they begin if they really want to kind of plug into what you guys are doing? You know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to do something a, a little different this time, Steve. I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm 
I'm feeling inspired recently, um, more so than normal. I, I always joke I don't have an exit for my business because I'm so passionate about what I do. I can never imagine doing anything else. But like anything, that passion, you know, there's waves to it. And right now I'm riding, I'm riding a very nice wave. Uh, and so that being said, I, I'm going to offer my my cell phone number, and literally, your your listeners can reach out, uh, shoot me a text first, please. Uh, and we will schedule some time to hop on a call, you know, 20 minutes or so. And I will speak directly to the actual challenges that they are facing in their life. Uh, and I'll do that for, uh, I'm not sure when the air date will be for this. Um, how, how often do you guys this air? Will, this will air in uh, mid-March, so. Okay, perfect. So I'll carve out uh, two weeks. We're in that two-week period. You know, anybody can reach out and we'll schedule a call and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to make the time to, to make that a reality. Uh, and I'm sure you can put the, the number in the link. Uh, phone number for me is 301-980-7511. Again, that's 301-980-7511. And all I ask is that you text me first so we can set up some time that makes sense for both of us. Wow. That's really generous. Thank you. Um, and, uh, and I hope, for those listening, you take advantage of it um, if you feel like you've got a need. Um, and so you've got you've got a website, uh, richlegacy.com, um, and I know you run programs. Is that the best place for them to go to kind of find out the breadth of what you guys do? Uh, it, it is. Uh, like like any growing business, the website never seems to be up, up to date with uh, what all the offerings are. It's good to be human, as I like to say. Uh, I would say if, if you're a, if you're a dad, I would check out, um, my my father, son retreat, all one word, my father, son retreat dot rich Uh, and then you can check out a, a father, son retreat. We'll, we'll have, um, the very last week in July running into August. And we have either three and five day options for uh, Park City, Utah. Wow. Uh, you can check that out or uh, betterdads.richlegacy.com. We've got eight ways you can improve your relationship with uh, with your son. And and again, we do things with the whole family. We've just had a, a recent uh, push towards father, son, uh, because there's just been a tremendous amount of interest and demand for it. Yeah, I can imagine. It's a key relationship. Um, it is. And so that, that's fantastic. Bradley, thank you so much for investing some time with me today. This has been a lot of fun, um, certainly educational for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and uh, hopefully apply a few of the things that I've learned uh, to, to our kids and, and our relationships there. But uh, everybody, well, go check this out. T- take Bradley up on the offer. I mean, this is, uh, this is a big deal. Just to jump in, so, sorry to interrupt, Steve. I, I would just challenge everyone to go home and ask, just ask each one of your family members separately. This, that's the key. This is not a group setting, very intentional. How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? How can I be a better father? What does that look like for you? And for a lot, a lot of folks, their first response is going to be looking at you like you're crazy. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know, leave me alone or, you know, no, I have no idea. But keep asking that. And once you get the answer to that question and start to get the answer to that question, it will evolve over time. The more often you ask it, you will be amazed at some of the things that you can uncover and start working on that you either A, thought we're already really well or we're going really well and they feel the opposite or B, that you thought you were doing poorly and they think the, the world of the approaches you're already taking. That's great advice. 
Thanks again. Uh, appreciate you being here and uh, look forward to connecting again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.